What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gray. This week, we're going to take a look at the secondary market and the turmoil and news and publicity StockX has been receiving over the course of this pandemic. In addition, we'll touch on Mamba Week a little bit more, go into some cool content and upcoming sneaker releases. So with that being said, if you enjoy the podcast today, make sure to follow, leave a rating, and let's get into it. So what is StockX? You should be familiar with it if you've bought or sold sneakers within the past three to four years. It is a competitor to eBay or Goat, if you're familiar with those platforms. It functions as a secondary market. So if you bought a pair of shoes off of Nike or Foot Locker, the direct distributor retailer, and wanted to sell that shoe, you'd go through StockX or Goat. Where StockX differentiates itself from the likes of eBay or Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace is that once a shoe is sold on StockX through a bidding system, that shoe is then shipped to the nearest StockX facility and verified by their team of trained employees who can spot replica, fake, unauthentic sneakers and ensure that the sneaker you are getting is original, it's real, and you aren't getting ripped off when you're paying 80 200 dollars $500, $800 over retail prices. So it's created a sense of trust and certainty and a little bit of transparency to the purchasing process. As opposed to when you're on eBay, there's no middleman. What you could be buying could be real, could be fake. If you aren't looking heavily enough into the details, you might get scammed. And as a seller on eBay, you're basically not protected. They've updated their terms and conditions to where if the buyer says something's wrong with the product, they can basically receive the refund, rip you off, do a wide variety of things. And that's where StockX stepped in. And over the past five years since StockX has transitioned from Campless, which was a sneaker data source by Josh Luber, they've surpassed 10 million lifetime sales in the growing sneaker bubble because it's become very easy and streamlined to do this process. You want a pair of Air Jordan White Cement 3s, you go to StockX, type it in, you purchase it or you place your bid, someone accepts that bid, then it's off to the middleman, it's verified, it's sent to you, and now you have the shoe. But as of recently, StockX has run into a problem with the pandemic. There's no way you could be prepared for this type of pandemic and the surge that they saw based on the situation of the economy, where people are utilizing their money. It's just a giant unknown like it was for everyone. However, in these times, their transparency has struggled a bit in terms of communication to the buyer or to the seller. As we touched, the process is, I purchase the shoe, the Air Jordan 3 white cement, I hit purchase, that seller has typically two to five business days to ship that shoe and drop it off at a UPS. Once it's shipped, it's logged on the system as it's been shipped. Then it makes it to the facility. In perfect times, it makes it to that facility. Within about a week, it's been verified. It's been inspected. It's sent out. Once it's verified and inspected and sent out, the seller receives their funds. Then the buyer receives their shoes. Typically a pretty quick turnaround. 
10 to 12 days. However, as the pandemic hit, the first obstacle StockX incurred was they were caught in the crossfire of not shutting down one of their facilities, authentication centers, for employee safety. And rumors were that employees had tested positive for the virus and, once again, more bad publicity. However, Josh has gone on record in many occasions to say the employees that did test positive weren't working at the time and they had shut down the facilities, but there were some leaked audio scripts that begrudge some potential customers or supporters of StockX. So that's the first step. Sneaker community is a little indifferent there. Some people voiced that they weren't happy about the way StockX was treating their employees, but for the most part, people continued to purchase through StockX. Then further, StockX decides to raise its fees once again. Somewhat out of the blue, a big percentage of those fees really affects sellers who are doing this for their job. And with those fees rising a couple percentage points, it's taking away from your bottom line revenue. And then it escalated a little bit more. Sellers weren't as happy with how StockX was going about things during these financial hard times, plus the treatment of their employees. And on the pivot side, you have eBay, who's now eliminating fees in some regards on certain price ranges of athletic shoes. So the competitive competition is rising. eBay's cut its fees. StockX has increased their fees. Goat's still kind of hanging out, doing its thing. And as a seller, you're looking at this as going, okay, they raised fees a bit. You know, is this the best position for me to sell the shoes I want to sell? As a buyer, nothing's really changed, right? You're increasing a little bit of fees on that authentication process, but for the most part, you're still purchasing the shoe and waiting for it to come to you. Then, what StockX didn't account for, and I don't think many people realize what was occurring, is after the bad publicity from their press about employee safety, they had to go through all of these procedures to sanitize these authentication centers. They had to go through and train employees properly, make it so it is safe to work in in this pandemic. And so that shuts down facilities for a couple days. While the website is still actively selling sneakers, people are still actively listing sneakers or luxury handbags or baseball cards. And so now you've already cut out a couple days while shipments from UPS, USPS, etc. are still coming to your facilities. So now you've created some bit of a backlog. Then, now that you've cut down on the amount of employees who can work at a time to keep the space safe, your productivity and efficiency is going to suffer. During all of this, inversely is what you'd expect, StockX is seeing month-over-month growth in sales. They're seeing volume increase. They're seeing variety of sneakers increase. We're still seeing sneaker releases in the public that are making it to StockX. So nothing slowed down. If anything, everything sped up, but your workforce has slowed down. So now, as all of these shipments are coming in, not only have you cut down your staff, you're receiving more shipments, but you also have to go through the process of sanitizing and making sure that all these shipments are sanitized and safe for your employees to interact with. Once again, another step in the delay. And so, as those things occur you're starting to see a longer and longer inventory list for a certain verifier to get through. 
So even if everything goes perfectly smooth, StockX has this long backlog of sneakers they need to authenticate. And this is where it's really kind of lit a flame in the sneaker community, right? Is that as a seller, say this is your main gig. This is where you're making all of your money. You're bulk selling through StockX or Go or these platforms. And typically what takes 10 to 12 business days through a whole process to get paid out on is now taking an unknown amount of time because you're shipping in and then maybe your sneaker is sitting at the end of that backlog for everything else to get through. And StockX, in this case, is where they really fumbled big time is, yeah, they put a small disclaimer on the website, but it wasn't very prominent. It wasn't very transparent. Simply said there may be some delays in shipment times, some delays in payouts. However, those payouts and delays have now occurred to be, some people have been months. Some people have sent multiple shoes in and got the most recent one they sent in, they've got paid out on, but the one that's been there for a month and a half has not been paid out on. So much so that someone took to Twitter, Ali Yikes, tweeted this, please comment your recent experiences with StockX, talking to an attorney about a class action lawsuit soon. 100% serious, please RT to spread it around. And the basis of this class action lawsuit is negligence. Who knows where it'll go at this point as StockX is covering its bases. But that tweet from at Ali Yikes got 835 retweets, 1,234 likes at this point in time on August 13th. So about eight days ago from when I'm recording this. And this has become a horror story for StockX. You go through all the replies, it'll be on my Twitter. You can see all of the issues that people are incurring with this giant backlog. Because what we've talked about is everything goes perfect. However, in some cases where sellers are at fault and they may have used the wrong label or the wrong box or sent in multiple items and forgot the insert paper, StockX has verified that it's failed authentication. However, they haven't sent the product back. Another area to be concerned as a seller. Some people are just aggravated that the fact that they have two to five business days to send the shoe and StockX sends you an email about every day saying, hey, you need to send this in. You have this many days left. Send this in, send this in, send us the product. Okay, send us the product and you send it. And then they go radio silent for two to three weeks a month without releasing your money, releasing the payout once it's been verified. And that's aggravating. Overall, what this is alluding to is as a consumer, maybe you start to shift platforms and go to GOAT, go to eBay, because StockX isn't being so transparent and trustworthy at this point in time. And if this is your main source of income, you want a reliable service that's going to help you out. And StockX at this time, hasn't done great. So StockX sees this tweet and you can tell that this was a big point of concern for StockX as they replied to basically every single tweet in this thread about, hey there, can you send us the case number? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you provide X and Y? Sure, that helps out a little bit, but if they're holding on to $4,000, $5,000 for you for a month, two months, it's an unfortunate situation to be in. So the company spokesperson came out and said, 
At StockX, we prioritize the health and safety of our frontline workers while also experiencing record volumes of traffic, trades, and new buyers and sellers on our platform. While we are positioned to capitalize on this explosive growth and the narrowing of the digital divide, the reality is that the trifecta of the surge in volume, challenges to operate safely, and slowdowns from third-party transportation carriers have contributed to a delay in shipments and payouts. And that's, you know, them covering their bases, speaking in somewhat of platitudes. The interesting thing there is, as we've discussed so far, is how much StockX has been in the news in this bad publicity. Twitter users, Twitter sneaker groups, discords are all talking about StockX. However, you can argue that all publicity is good publicity because more and more people are becoming aware what StockX has to offer in their other services alongside the growth of trading cards that more and more people are coming to StockX to purchase sneakers, which once again, that balance is kind of tough because you have so much in delay, but you're also bringing in a huge volume of new users that it's going to take some time to get back to with safe precautions in these centers. And it makes you wonder, what platform should we be using or should you be using in the time being? I've bought and sold on StockX during the pandemic. You know, the shoes I sold were, I've narrowed down my senior collection to about 50, 45. And so I sold some shoes that I just thought I was going to wear bottom two or three years ago, never worn. Maybe they're too loud. Maybe they didn't fit my style. Maybe I just fell into a good deal. And for me, selling was fine. Buying on there had a few hiccups, but for the most part, it was fine. But I'm a regular consumer. As a individual who may be selling in bulk and large quantities, this could be a big problem. And this is where people could transition to go or back to eBay in those cases. Will we know where they're going? Not 100% sure. For as loud as this outcry has been, for how unfortunate it is, for keeping it 100 StockX is going to remain the top dog. People are going to still continue to buy and sell on StockX. It's just where the volume is. It's the simplicity. It is the platform itself. Maybe there will be a delay on which people are shopping and buying from there. But at the end of the day, if a company's had 10 million sales in the past five years, six years, and is a leader in the industry, it's hard to go away from that service. Very similar to why eBay is stuck around that the volume of the potential customer out there far outweighs and reduces the time of finding a new platform, a growing platform that may be successful in the long term, but isn't going to help you unload 15 pairs of Jordan 1s or whatever you may be selling or may not have the desired sneaker you're looking for right away. So we'll see what StockX is doing. Let me know if you guys have had issues or concerns with StockX during the past four to five months or your stories and I'll share them on the podcast or maybe just let me know if you are going to use StockX moving forward what are you going to use and what are the benefits you see there and maybe we can hit some listeners to those other services that are offered now we're going to take a quick break and hop into Mamba Week some cool content and upcoming releases 
If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right. Mamba week. Exciting time. Kobe's are back. If you haven't heard last episode with Mike Sykes of the Kicks You Wear newsletter, check that out. We talk about some of our frustrations with the rollout of Mamba Week, but I think this is a reinvigorating time for the sneaker culture and the community because we haven't seen in a little while a story as strong as what they're doing with Mamba Week to honor Kobe, the pure enjoyment sneaker culture it's going to get from the Kobe 5 Pro Tros. They're coming out in very fun colorways. I'm really going after the big stage or the EYBL colorway. Those are my top two on my list. However, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a large surge in traffic as Kobe fans, Laker fans, sneaker fans, basketball players, basically anyone interested in shoes is going to be trying to pick these up or interested in basketball. There's a long line of players and hoopers out there that played in a variety of Kobe's like myself. It's unfortunate. I don't own a whole lot of Kobe's. The only ones I do have at the moment are the Mamba Day IDs because all of the other Kobe's I've had from the Kobe 4 to the 10, I tore up playing basketball. I had a variety of colors, loved playing in them, and absolutely destroyed them. Very much like most of my LeBron collection was destroyed playing basketball. They're great shoes. And that's why I'm excited to get them back. Maybe to wear them casual or maybe just to bring them back on the court. I think this is a very exciting time for Nike. As long as they capitalize correctly, tell the story right. I hope we see some other fun moments used in marketing campaigns or social images from Mamba Week. But I'm excited to say the least. In terms of cool content, the NBA bubble, the playoffs have been fantastic. It's been a little weird to watch LeBron play the Blazers because you're starting to notice a little bit of LeBron's age. I mean, he's been in the league 17, 18 years at the top of the league for 15 of those years. First time back in the playoffs with the Lakers. They're playing in a different atmosphere. Their first round matchup so far, the Blazers, shout out Portland, is nowhere near an eighth seed, right? They realistically are a fourth or fifth seed, could be a third seed. They are some dangerous cats. Lillard is severely underrated, always been underrated. If you're a Lillard guy, go check out his old YouTube series, License the Lillard, about his pre-draft workouts at Weber State in this rookie year. Phenomenal, inspiring, just a kid from Oakland grinding and you can see that in the game today cj mccollum is an animal gary trent jr's come out olympic mellow's finally here i really wanted olympic mellow on the thunder as a thunder fan but at least we get to see him and he's playing well and in shape and i think the nba has done a great job with the bubble so far and it's going to be interesting to see i'm sure the next season is going to start in the bubble they're saying they're shooting for sometime in december but i think it's going to be in january I think, again, it's going to be in the bubble until this has been controlled. 
but we're going to have a huge variety of teams. The stacked March Madness feeling TV schedule has been awesome. Multiple games a day, very easy to find, very easy to watch. It's easy to be covered by ESPN, TNT, ABC. We've seen some excellent shoes on court, seen some very funny and great moments. So I've really been enjoying the NBA bubble so far. And if you haven't, check out Matisse Theibel's YouTube channel. Created some, I think it's going to be historic insight on the NBA bubble, on what they're going through, the precautions, the testing, life inside the bubble at the top level in the world for basketball and NBA level, just to see what their day-to-day interactions are like being locked inside of there with nowhere to go. And so lastly here, we have the upcoming sneaker releases for Mamba Week. Sunday, August 23rd through Saturday, August 29th. On the 23rd, we're going to start with the Kobe I'm going after, the 5 Pro Tro Big Stage. These are going to be tough to get. Tell a great story, great colorway, very minimal black, gold, white with some black etching, the Mamba on the shoe. Those will retail for $180. If you get an extra size 12 or 12 and a half, let me know and we can work something out. We also get on the 23rd, we'll see some Adidas NMDs, nothing major, signal green, signal pink, nothing crazy. The NMD has done what it's done. It's kind of become the Roche, Roshi run for Adidas, and I think that's what their goal was. On the 24th, we see the Nike Kobe 5 Pro Tro Champ. It's going to be in Lakers colorway. Once again, going to be tough to get, 180 bucks on the 25th. We'll see the Metacom Toy and Nike SB Dunk Low, Bear Brick. Great looking dunk. I like it. Even if it wasn't a collab, it is primarily black on the upper, white sole. It's going to have the pony hair on the upper as well with the Medicom Bear Brick logo on the heel. Those will be 125 As always, dunks relatively inexpensive compared to other sneakers. Further, we'll see the Air Jordan 3 Denim Fire Red on the 27th. Personally, not a huge fan of these for $200. Just give me the white cement threes. They have that translucent heel tab. I think it's kind of yellow odd, but they look very good in the pictures I've seen. So maybe you'll be going after that release. Then on the 28th, we have the Puma Calibrate Runner in white and black. It looks like the Adidas 4D model with a flying it upper in some regards. Puma is trying to make its comeback into the culture. We've seen the Puma Dreamer, J. Cole's signature shoe, which happens to be a signature basketball shoe. Maybe we'll talk about later, but it is doing well. People seem to enjoy it for only being $125, selling out on the first couple of releases here. This release on the 28th, the Puma Calibrate Runner in white or black. Then on the 29th, we see the Union Air Jordan 4 in guava ice or in noir. Once again, mixed reviews. I can guarantee you, this is all I'm going to say on them, is they're going to be damn near impossible to purchase. So keep that in mind. I'm going to be going after more so the apparel. I'll try to tip my hat in the ring for a pair, but like I said, not going to happen. So I'm going to try to get some apparel, what's probably also isn't going to happen. Then we see the Nike Kobe 5 Pro Tro EYBL, number two on my list on the 29th. Kind of be near impossible to get as well. We also see the Adidas Sean Watherspoon Super Earth Superstar. That's a pass for me. We get the Civilis Nike SB Dunk Low, which cool thing about this sneaker is in the SB Dunk Low, it is primarily black, but it is 
responsive to heat, so it'll change color to this kind of stained glass mosaic watercolor upper in hot elements. And then the Yeezy, wow, I didn't know this was coming out that soon. Yeezy 700 V3 Azerith. I like this colorway. This is a silhouette that I have enjoyed. I'm going to try to go after as well. Based on my luck, I think I'm going to go 04 on this week's releases. What are your guys' thoughts? Do you think you'll pick anything up? Are you going to try particular hard for any colors of choice or silhouettes of choice? Are you paying resale? Go ahead and let me know on social media in the show notes below. If you guys enjoyed the episode, go ahead and check some episodes from a few weeks back. We've had great episodes with Mike Sykes, Dylan Dietrich. We've talked to DJ Sneakerhead. We've done some sneaker basics, a huge variety of things in short 20 to 45 minute chunks. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast this far. And with that being said, I'll catch you next week.